Welcome to Nancy Wilson's Femina Podcast. This audio is brought to you by Canon Press. Welcome to the Femina Podcast. This is Nancy Wilson. Thanks so much for joining me today. I thought that I would talk to you about something odd this morning. (laughs) May not be your morning, it's my morning, but I'm going to talk to you about storage units. A few months ago, we sold our house, the house we lived in for over 20 years, and we had to rent a storage unit for the first time in our marriage. And so I guess that's why I had storage units on my mind. I've mentioned this before for the past couple of years we've been living with my father-in-law. So we just stored things at our house and and where we are with him. But now all these extra things are packed into this little storage unit. And as I was getting all the stuff ready to be stuffed into this storage space, I had to make a lot of fast decisions about what to do with it. And here's a pile for the thrift store and a pile for the garbage. <laughs> and, and I was handing things off to my children as fast as I could. And so the rest of it, we put in our little storage unit. But the thing that I was pondering was how even all the remaining stuff is not that important to me. I mean, there are a few things that I truly want to pass down to my children of course, that belong to my grandparents. And so, you know, I love that idea. But even so, it's not like my heart is set on those things. I haven't seen them in a few years anyway, but I know they're there. And But so much of it is not that important, obviously. It's just stuff. So what's my point in telling you this? And I do have a spiritual point, so don't hang up on me. I thought, let's look at that oft-quoted verse in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, With the storage unit sort of fresh in my mind, when I read this recently, I thought, well, we have a storage unit in heaven, so to speak, where we are supposed to be laying up treasures. And how do we do that? And how do we fill that one? And thinking about how when we do fill that storage unit, so to speak, that treasure in heaven that we've been laying up, there won't be any yard sale stuff. There will be no thrift store stuff. There'll be no garbage at all. It will all be the good stuff. It will all be treasures and not stuff. And as long as we are sojourning here on earth, we're to be filling that storage unit, if I can speak that way. And when we arrive and we see what is in it, when we get to heaven, we'll be so glad to see all that's in it. We'll be delighted. But I assume it's possible that we could wish we'd put more in it while we had the opportunity. So, what goes into this heavenly storage unit? If Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, so what does that look like? How do we get things in it? And so, if you, you know, if we just look a little further in this passage, even in Matthew, 
Jesus said quite a bit about it. He talks about rewards in heaven, treasures in heaven. So I thought, let's just look at a few of these verses in the Sermon on the Mount and see what Jesus tells us will be our treasure in heaven and how we are to put things there. You know, what is it we do on earth that results in treasure in heaven? So there are a few things. The first one in staying in Matthew 6, this is up in verses 3 and 4. He says, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. So charitable deeds that are done in secret. So when you are going to do a charitable deed, you're not to be honking your horn and displaying it to the world. You're supposed to do it secretly and quietly. And then God, who sees in secret, he's going to reward you. And so I assume that's those rewards are part of that treasure in heaven. Secondly, and we'll talk about some of the charitable deeds in a minute. Secondly, he says in verse 6, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, Pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So you see the same thing here. It's our father who sees in secret. He will reward us openly. So what's done in secret will be made known. As well, other places, as we know, so will all the evil deeds that are done in secret be made known. So we're to be praying in secret. Now, this doesn't mean we can't pray in our small groups or pray in church. Of course not. But we do want to guard about when we pray publicly or in our prayer groups that we're not wanting to impress or to have a really impressive prayer, a lofty prayer, such a good prayer, and be known as a good prayer. It's like we just have to guard our hearts. That's all. But we should pray in our small groups. We should pray in church, etc. But don't neglect to pray in secret. Go in your room, shut your door, and then pray to your father. And he is in the secret place, and he will reward us. This must result in treasure in heaven. And then the next thing mentioned in this passage, in verse 17, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So we see this repeat just three times right here in the ones that I have pointed out. So when you're fasting, same thing. Don't honk your horn. Don't put on a name tag that says, I'm fasting today. <laughs> we are to do it in the secret place. We are to fast unto the Lord and nobody needs to know about it and just keep it quiet and keep it between you and God. There's just a place for praying secretly. There's a place for fasting secretly. And there's a place for doing your charitable deeds secretly. God likes us doing things quietly out of the public view and just not looking for the earthly reward, not looking for the credit. Not looking for a plaque in the uh, sanctuary <laughs> or in the, in the entryway to the sanctuary. Oh, my word. No, 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 no. 
(laughs) We are to do it secretly, under the radar, as far as men are concerned. But it's not under the radar as far as God is concerned. He sees it. You know, I think when we do things secretly, we take more joy in it. That we aren't displaying our good deeds, our prayers, or fasting to the world. We're just keeping it between ourselves and God, our Father, who's seen it. So, what qualifies as a charitable deed? Well, there are probably many, many things, but I, don't, I won't hit them all. <laughs> but I'll just point out a couple things here. In Matthew 10, 42, Jesus says, Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. So here we have this reward mentioned again. And if you're just giving a little person, a thirsty child, a drink, this matters to God. And so do you see how God wants us to think small? He wants us to think about the little people. Is there a thirsty child? Well, give the child a drink and God will reward you. He will. Put something in that treasure box in heaven. And so think about what that means if you are a mother of children, feeding them and clothing them and comforting them, comforting all these little people God has given you. In all those things, you are putting treasure in your heavenly account. Actually, you aren't putting it there. God is. He is going to be rewarding you. And this just makes your perspective on your work at home so enlarged, and you realize how significant it is. It's about doing the little things. Now, I don't mean that we think of it as God is a vending machine. So, oh, let me see. Is there anybody thirsty around here so I can get some uh, treasure in heaven? It's like that sort of crass. No, we don't do it in that sense, but we offer it unto the Lord. Like, Lord, I'm seeking to please you because you delight to see me serving others, serving little people. And God is so generous. You think, I'm giving a drink of water, which is such a small thing, and maybe it requires you dropping everything and going in the kitchen or going in the house and making, you know, getting a cup dirty, etc. But God says he rewards you for that. He's so generous for such a small thing. He gives a reward. And so, We want to think in terms of his economy, not our own. Like we think, well, we have an important guest. I will get them a cup of coffee and ta-da, I'm being so thoughtful. But Jesus is thinking of the little people and thinking of charitable deeds done in secret are valuable in God's sight. So all these charitable deeds you do day in and day out are going to add up to great treasure. Now, if you are a hermit, and you live alone, and you just suit yourself, and you don't engage with people, real living people, you don't have many opportunities for charitable deeds. I mean, maybe you can send them a note on Facebook, but we need to be involved in people's lives, real people, where we're ministering to one another, and we're doing acts of service outside ourselves. Meals for the sick encouraging the downcast, you know, helps of all kinds. So a charitable deed is a generous or kind act. And it's not expecting anything in return. So when you're visiting the sick, you're not looking for a return visit. 
when you're sharing good words to somebody who needs it, you're not looking for them to turn around and give you a good word. Sometimes I think we're resistant to receive good things from people. Like we think, oh, I'm fine. I don't need anything. And yet it's such a blessing to allow them to give. Do you see what I mean? Like humble yourself and be on the receiving end as well as humble yourself and be on the giving end. But it is more blessed to give than receive. There is a true blessing in it because of God's generous nature. And so not only are we blessed spiritually in our own heart and mind at the time of doing the good charitable deed, but there's this forward, you know, if we look forward to a heaven full of treasures, then it's even more motivation. Like this is me pleasing God. He delights to put treasure in our treasure box. (laughs) So we're not to give looking for the return on earth, but we're looking for a return in heaven. And this seems hard. I mean, it's hard to think about this because we don't think about actually getting to heaven except way far out in the future somehow. But it's coming sooner than you realize. And so be forward thinking that way and not just thinking of what's happening right this minute, but what's coming in the world to come. I mean, in the next world. So when we give quietly without big fanfare, we're going to reap a reward from our Father who sees in secret. So charitable deeds are directed outwardly to other people, but praying and fasting in secret are directed to the Father. He's the only one who sees it. And there's no need for people on earth to know about that. God is pleased when we do these things. And Jesus said he's going to openly reward all these behind-the-scenes activities. And I assume in that context, we're not going to be embarrassed like we would be on earth. Imagine if you had to stand up at church and the pastor said, I would just like to commend this person to you because of all the fasting and praying they've been doing. (laughs) How awful. (laughs) How embarrassing. But when we do charitable deeds and we offer them unto God and he sees them in secret, he'll reward us openly later in heaven. And I suppose there we won't be embarrassed Uh, like we would be here. Okay, are there any other rewards in heaven? Yes, in Matthew 5, 11 through 13, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice. And be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So not only do we find treasure in heaven based on the good deeds we do outwardly to others and secretly to God, but when the world hates us and lies about us and heaps all kinds of, well, as it says here, all kinds of evil against us falsely, then we are to be very glad. Even though here we might not like it very much, (laughs) it's far easier to be everybody's friend, right? And to have everyone like you. But it says here, there's a great reward in heaven when this happens because it puts you among the company of the prophets. So rejoice when that happens. And know that God is greatly pleased with you and that he is going to reward you. So persecution brings a reward. Then in Mark 10, 21, 
And I'll finish with this one. Then Jesus looking at him, this is a rich young ruler. Then Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. So this is the ultimate discipleship requirement. Sell all you have, give it to the poor, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Lay aside all your worldly possessions to help the needy. Now, just as an aside, I just have this suspicion that this young man, even though he went away sad, that he did it and came back. Because the reason I say that is Jesus loved him. And Jesus said, come follow me. And to whom did Jesus ever say that? Who didn't follow him? (laughs) So I don't know. It's my own little personal uh, hope is that that young man did what Jesus said and came back and followed him. So our attitude toward all of our belongings should be that we're just borrowing them from the Lord in any time. He wants us to give them away or leave them behind. We should be ready to part with them with no hesitation. We don't want to go away sad like that rich young ruler whom Jesus loved and never come back. Now, I don't think he calls all of us to give it all away. No, this was his command to one particular young man who needed to do this. To follow Jesus meant he had to leave all that stuff behind. And I think if we hold all of our possessions loosely, they are not possessing us. We are just stewarding them. And we're recognizing it's all from God's hand. And we just hold them loosely. We can let them go if he calls us to do that. And that way, we have more treasure in heaven. The real treasure. Not this worldly stuff. And so when God puts it on your heart to give away things, or your belongings, your money, whatever, to help other people, you're putting your treasure, not stuff, remember, it's not just stuff. It's true treasure in that heavenly storage unit that you'll be mighty glad to see when you are finally home and you get to see what is waiting for you in heaven. So just think about these things. I hope you have a very blessed day and thank you so much for joining me.